This is Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. Brought to you by AdamandEve.com. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm one of your hosts, G. Simon. Hola, I am Mayamo Lance Wackerly. <laughs> you kind of doing that to go with the intro music there, Wackerly? Yeah. I thought you were doing it to go with the Julian Castro keynote speaker at the DNC. Convention. I live with my grandma, and <laughs> she would send us to school with the sign of the cross, man. My I, twin brother and me. We had to pay 50 cents for a burrow. He doesn't talk like And that. I wrote to work every day. And now I'm a keynote speaker at the convention. He's not he's not a he's migrant not. worker. He's like he's like a he's like a typical Latino politician voice. I did like the thing about the mop. <laughs> did you hear that? What did you say again? He goes, um, you know, I didn't really listen to it that closely, but something about I read something about you it know, today. The, 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 you know, the opportunity that the Democrats are all about, you know, they they allowed me to like put down the mop that I once had to work with a mop, and now I hold this, and he holds up the microphone. But like a lot of the Democratic base are people who mop shit, right? Like, if you, what if you were a guy who mop shit for a living? You'd be like, "What the fuck, man? Why do you gotta throw me under the bus?" All right, Wackerly, where's your hope, man? That's what they they gotta they gotta bring back the hope slogan. I'm just saying that the Service Workers International Union. I mean, there's a lot of dudes who work for that union. Or, or members of that union who are big Democratic supporters who fucking mop for a living, and they're going to mop for a living until they retire. And I don't think you should be, like, shitting on those guys. Well, think of all the minorities mopping while they're watching that guy speak. Or listening to it on their headphones. <laughs> so hey, you- Pedro! You missed a spot. I will get you, boss man. <laughs> so, Wackerly, compared to last week's Republican National Convention, are you all jazzed up for the Democratic National Convention? No, it's equally as bad or worse. <laughs> yeah, but Slick Willie, Bill Clinton spoke tonight. Yeah, but I'm doing the podcast. I haven't listened to it. I do like Slick Willie, but all the other ones can go to hell. You know, it was funny. I was talking to a guy over the weekend at the bar, and uh, I don't know. We, we got on the subject of the Republican National Convention. Now, the Democratic National Convention, and, someone was saying, and I was saying to him, I was like, yeah, well, you know, Obama has a lot of issues to address here and uh, restore confidence in the American people and all that. And I, I was like, the, the thing is, is, you know, what, what are they? He has to come up with a suitable answer for are you better off now, which it seems to be what most of the Republicans have been asking him. And, and this guy who I'm talking to is like, no, he doesn't have to do that. I'm like, well, what do you mean? What does he have to do? He goes, all he's got to do is stand up there and say, hey, baby, calm down, chillax. I'm on CPT. It's going to be all right in just a couple years. And I was, have, have you ever heard that term, CPT? I've heard of EPT, the pregnant, home pregnancy <laughs> test, but CPT, I don't know what that is. Colored people time. Oh, that's <laughs> racist. 
Is this guy pro Democrat or pro Republican? No, he's a Democrat guy, and and he was obviously making a joke. But I totally was just like CPT. I've never heard this term before. Wow, this must be something. This guy must be a learned. Now that that you explain what it means, I probably have. But you know, I I thought this guy was like you know some kind of learned scholar of politics or something. And it's just like you know he's using this term, and I'm going to have to remember this so I can throw this around. Thank God he explained what it was, so I didn't come across looking like a member of the Aryan Nation. You should out him on the podcast. CPT. <laughs> What's his name? <laughs> but it's worse. You know what? It's it's actually worse for Obama because he's, you know, he may or may not be on CPT. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> that type of a person. But I will say he did, grow up in, he did grow up in Hawaii. And there's definitely something called Hawaii time where those guys are slow as fuck over there. So you're saying he's on HCPT. It sounds like it. Hawaiian colored people time. Right. Which is worse than just colored people time. I'm just saying, I, I've experienced Hawaiian time firsthand, and it's very slow. Yeah, but okay. You, There's no, you, no sense of urgency when you can just go to the, lay in the sand on the beach and drink coconut out of, out of, a, out of an actual coconut. And watch women in thong bikinis. Like, why are you going to, like, hurry up and finish that accounting report or whatever? You're not. HCPT. But answer me this, though. How many times have you been at the bar looking at your wristwatch and then you realize, I've been waiting for uh, D. Simon for over 45 minutes and he said he's just around the corner. What do you call that? JPT? (laughs) I don't think that, I don't think, I think maybe it's like Jewish hipster person time. Oh, what about my Jew- brother? Jewish people in general, I don't think, are slow. It's just you <laughs> and maybe your brother. Your sister's not particularly slow. No, she's punctual. Unless she's trying to avoid helping you move, then she'll, then she'll show up four hours late. Or unless she's having a bout of the IBS. She's on IBS people time. <laughs> That's, she has a medical condition. She gets a pass. So I don't know. But it, it was just funny. I was, I was talking to him about that. And it, it'll be interesting to see. What uh, what Obama has to say about this? But I, I, you know, to be serious, I don't think he should answer that question either. I don't. I mean, I, it's not anything about CPT, but <laughs> because people, people, people don't vote. Like, what's he going to do? Throw out a bunch of facts and figures? Like, oh, the GDP is actually going up, and uh, you know, non-farm jobs are they're they're still dropping, but they've uh, the rate of deceleration and acceleration of the unemployment. Like, people are just going to glaze over. People vote. You know, people vote with like their just basic instinct. Well, but, but people also don't have any kind of true understanding of the economy at all. So I mean, or, he just, or, or any understanding of math or statistics. Or he just needs to, to to somehow restore confidence in people. Come up with a couple catchy phrases to throw around. You know, maybe maybe throw out a statistic. It's like, well, actually, four point five million jobs were created, and the auto industry was saved. So I did that. No, you know, something and then he like should that. just tur- he should point to the graph, be like, four point five million. That's a lot of motherfucking jobs. <laughs> Gotta bring that. You should go into a full-on '80s stand-up routine with just a picture of Mitt Romney, like oh, white white politicians look like this. I'm Mitt Romney, and Barack Obama be like this, baby. Like I'm fucking leading the goddamn country. What you want me to do? He should just explain the racist. fundamentals of CPT. Racist. And uh, then everyone will understand. They'll be like, oh, shit, okay. We were for four years. It actually is six years, and then we'll be fine. And you'll he needs see. to come out in, like, a very flashy Eddie Murphy shiny suit or, like, a Sinbad, like, big One piece leather pants. outfit. <laughs> like, a sh- like a fancy vest. And he has to, like, just walk quickly from one side of the stage to the other with a microphone and just keep talking. 
<laughs> what if he did like a, I don't know, like a duet speech with Martin Lawrence? The two of them? No, Martin Lawrence is, I mean, he's an egomaniac. He would never share the mic. <laughs> that's maybe, be himself. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. He's already, Obama's a hip guy, though. But anyway, what, what, how many Enough days politics. is this DNC? Till uh, Thursday? Till Friday? I think they normally just go the full week, right? Nobody's going to watch that shit on Friday, so it probably ends. Probably tomorrow. ends on Thursday, yeah, when uh, Obama speaks. So, Wackerly, how, how much cocaine do you think is at these conventions? RNC and the DNC. Like, in total. Load. A fuckload. God, I bet you those guys, I bet you all the pages, all the senators, there's probably a ton of cocaine. Because you, they are, there already are a ton of hookers, but I bet you there's a lot of drugs. I don't think it's the actual politicians. I don't think it's the senators or, you know, definitely not the pre- – I don't think the president's doing cocaine. I don't no, think that Romney does cocaine. But, I, yeah, the aides and the political advisors, those guys are all in maniacs. They party, though. The aides party, the interns party. party. I guess – I yeah. bet you there's a ton of cocaine. Why do you think Bill Clinton's hair is so white? Never used to be that white. It was kind of grayish <laughs> before. Now it's just white. It's all the cocaine yeah. residue. <laughs> Well, he's got to lure the women in somehow. <laughs> Big Macs aren't working anymore. Speaking of cocaine, that's my segue there. Um, speaking of cocaine, the uh, godmother of cocaine died this past week. Griselda Blanco. You ever heard of her? Yes. Griselda Blanco. You know, a lot of people don't really know who she is unless they've seen. There's been a documentary called Cocaine Cowboys. It was about her. I highly recommend people. But nobody's ever made a movie or even like had an incidental character like in Scarface or or what was that American Gangster movie that could have had like a a stand-in for Griselda Blanco? But they never do that. Like, people just aren't. They have Escobar, but they never have uh, they right. never have uh, Griselda Blanco. I mean, even the movie Blow, they never even had. And she she played, you know, a primary role in the whole 1980s uh, cocaine, you know, smuggling operations in Miami. I mean, I don't the, even remember a Miami Vice episode that acknowledged a type of character like her. I think. I mean, I was thinking about this. I can't really think of too many women who could be considered to be a queen pin in the uh, drug industry. Like, I, I just can't really think of any any other women who ran an entire operation for years. I mean, she. I mean, pe- people say she's she's suspected of ordering dozens of executions. During the notorious Cocaine Cowboys era in the 70s and 80s in Miami. But, I mean, she was only really pinned for three murders. But I, I, I was looking into her Wikipedia page about her, like, early history. She, when she was three years old, she moved to Medellin, Colombia, where, like, a lot of the, you know, crazy drug lords live and come from. And uh, at age 11, she allegedly <laughs> kidnapped... Uh, and tried to ransom like a little kid. She was only eleven, but like a four-year-old or something. From the she lived in the slum, obviously on the hill, and she like kidnapped a rich kid, tried to ransom him, couldn't get the ransom, and shot the kid. <laughs> At age eleven, old. you know yeah. y- you grow up fast down there in Latin America. Bitch, be cray. So God, the godmother of cocaine here, ruthless drug smuggler, Griselda Blanco. Uh, she was jailed in the U.S. for 20 years for three chilling murders. She was gunned down uh, just last week by a motorcycle-riding hitman. She was 69 years old. Um, in a grim irony, the mode of her killing, the uh, motorcycle hitman, is eerily, eerily similar to the brutal drive-by killings 
that she herself introduced to slaughter her enemies. Specifically on motorcycles. She's the one who created the motorcycle drive-by. So the one dude drives the motorcycle, and then there's a guy in the back with like an Uzi. And he just sprays bullets. He sprays bullets into the bar, the car, whatever. And then they're just out of there. When they, when she, when she, when her cocaine business in Miami was as its height, she was making eight million dollars a month. Wow! They say she was moving thirty four hundred pounds of cocaine a month. A month. A month. God, it's about as much as in Bill Clinton's closet right now. <laughs> At the I mean, DNC. That, that puts Romney. That puts Romney to shame with this dumbass little Bain Capital outfit, you know. Yeah, I bet you he could have. I bet you if he would have taken some tips from Griselda, Bain Capital still might be. Uh, he might probably be still be the VP today. Was he the VP <laughs> or the CEO? <laughs> CEO. He's the CEO. But uh, I mean, Bain, Bain Capital. He's got to employ all these lawyers and Harvard accountants and a lot of business people, MBAs. It's expensive. Each one of those guys is pulling six figures easy, multiple six figures. But Griselda Blanco was making eight million dollars a month. Like Couple hiring on like migrant wor- migrant workers for like ten bucks a day. Couple Cubans on motorcycles, ten bucks a day. Okay. Yeah, the motorcycle is a piece of shit that they hauled over on a raft, a dirt it's bike. Like, yeah. <laughs> so Griselda Blanco Low overhead. That's what I'm saying. She was suspected of murdering many more people than uh, the three that she was actually convicted of. Of course. Um, she but the the three killings in 1985. One of them was actually that of a two year old boy who was inadvertently shot when uh, she was executing his father. Uh, She served 20 years behind bars, and then in 2004, she was deported to Colombia and maintained a low profile over the years in her hometown of Medellin. Well, she's like four four foot five inches tall, right? (laughs) (laughs) You know, looking at her picture, and we'll post a picture on the site, she kind of looks like, she does kind of look like an Ewok, like a grandmother Ewok. Shaved Ewok. Yeah, because it looks like she has like a shaved head. Like an she's Uncle like Fester a, Ewok. Well, she's like a mestizo, right? Yeah, she's kind like of. Part Native American, part Spanish, Latin heritage from the mountains, people, the Aztecs. So according to the press reports, she was walking out of a butcher's shop when two gunmen on motorbikes just pulled up and uh, one of them jumped off and pumped two bullets into her head, drove away. Pretty much that was her technique. Ironic. I don't feel bad for her. No, I'm, there's no sympathy coming out of here. Think about think of the blood on this woman's hands. I mean, you mentioned that the two year old got killed, like in the whatever they call he it. He was in the, the crossfire. The overspray of a murder, but like when I watched Cocaine Cowboys and they talked about her, I mean, they made it pretty clear that she didn't give a fuck. It wasn't like she was trying to prevent that sort of thing from happening, or was particularly like saddened when it did happen. Yeah, I don't. I don't think she was like sympathetic. I don't think she expressed any remorse whatsoever. She was just a ruthless woman that just ran a uh, drugs, a very successful drug smuggling operation. I mean, I think you have to be of that mentality to be successful. D, this is a man's game. If you want to play, you need to have a man's ruthlessness. You know, wackily think about it. If we were making, if we were, if we were moving thirty four hundred pounds of foie gras a day, you know, a month, you'd be ruthless right. too. I know. I mentioned that already. The thing is, we wouldn't have any competition, so we wouldn't have to murder anybody. That's the beauty. You never know. You never know. Someone caught on to our game, realized all the moolah we were raking in. 
the invisible hand of the foie gras black market would bring in other competitors. I could see you just becoming insane with your own power, putting on a black hat, wearing black sunglasses, shaving your head. Obviously, I'm going to become <laughs> insane with my own power. What? Wackerly Berg. Why would you Berg? Even think otherwise? You'd be Wackerly Berg, and then you'd like knock off our, our, our main supplier, and then you would be the kingpin. I don't know, Wackerly. It's probably good that we just stave the podcast you know yes that's what we tell the listening audience <laughs> so uh a former miami homicide detective who had investigated her back in the 80s said it's surprising to all of us that she had not been killed sooner because she made a lot of enemies like i'm surprised she was able to live 20 years in prison a federal prison in the u.s i'm sure I mean, she was an ad sag Oh, possibly. But, I mean, you'd think there would be a huge, you know, uh, uh, bounty on her head. I mean, think about that woman. How many, how many people, relatives, you know, family members, uh, friends, whatever, people that, that she ordered execution, she ordered hits on? I mean, I, you'd th- she's killed so many. You'd think there'd be just a lot of bad blood out there. Yeah, but you've got to also remember that she's in the women's prison, right? It's not like the testosterone-filled men's prison where there's just there's always somebody available and willing to murder somebody else, given some money or like some a slight shot at glory. I mean, there are some badass bitches in the women's prison, but I don't think it's as murdery as the men's prison. Have you seen Lockup? I would not fuck with any of those women. <laughs> I'm not saying I would fuck with them, but I just think, you know, the, the potential for the potential for for contract killing is like an order of magnitude less i do find it interesting though that someone would hold a grudge for so many years i mean it's been like what 27 years well i find that interesting too because when she was in business then there's a profit motive to kill her right yeah i mean knock her out of the game so now it it is pure somebody is pissed revenge it's a vendetta i mean she probably killed someone's uh you know you you killed my father i am Inigo montoya and then someone's getting revenge (laughs) <laughs> or somebody looking to make, make they might not have a grudge against her but they know they would like make a name for themselves if they killed her that's true so um blanco here she went from a simple pickpocket as you said in Medellin, colombia to command an empire that shipped an estimated 3400 pounds of cocaine a month Hell she also prostituted herself a little bit there in her younger <laughs> days i read when she was probably helped uh, with her uh, you know her mentality ruthless mentality yeah she symbolized around and like sodomized against your will, you know, makes you hate everybody. She symbolized the blood soaked era of the 70s and 80s when gangs would ambush their ambush their rivals in public, leading to her cartel being dubbed the cocaine cowboys. And we were referring to that documentary, but I think they've actually there's a it's a it's a two parter, right? Aren't there two parts in that documentary? I think the first one was so successful that they made a sequel that's all about her. Yeah, because I think in the in the first one, she's only in it for maybe I think at the end for like twenty minutes or something. They kind of they don't interview any of her gang members. They just kind of like mention her for a brief like twenty minutes. But I know she played a larger role in that whole like the, her cartel plays a larger role in that era. Right. But it's great though that that uh, the the movie's great because. One of the guys that they they interview in the beginning, I mean, he just divulges every secret to the amount of cocaine, the whole cocaine trade back in the eighties. And you're and you're looking at this guy, and he look he looks like a villain in Miami Vice. 
<laughs> I mean, he's wearing like pastel pants and he's just got his hair kind of like feathered back. You're like, dude, you're the guys that Don Johnson was knocking, like, knocking out, falling into the water from the pier. Well, he the, he was the guy that Don Johnson went down there as a dumbass actor and like tried to imitate. Is what it really is. <laughs> <laughs> right. So she ran Tubbs. The, what was Tubbs' name? <laughs> Don Crockett. Crockett. Wasn't it Crockett and Tubbs? Crockett was Don Johnson. Don Johnson. But the other guys was like Pierre Michael Vincent or something like that. Something. John that, Michael Pierre. No, that guy. No, John Michael Vincent was an airwolf. He had a name like that. And wasn't Edward James almost was maybe the chief of he was, police? He was the chief of police. Like, he ran the division, yeah. Had to keep so those... Much be- so much better than Chips. Had, chips had to keep sucked. those two ne'er-do-well comps in line. They didn't walk... Man. They didn't walk a straight line, those guys, but they always got the bad guys in the end. We used to worship that show. I loved it. We make fun of it now, but I mean, I, I wished I had Don Johnson clothes back then when I was in fifth or sixth grade. You know, now that I think about it, at my brother's bar mitzvah, he insisted on wearing the Don Johnson brand suit. It was like a like white, a white, suit. white jacket with a pastel t-shirt. Yeah. That's pretty much what my brother, well, I think my brother actually had to wear a shirt and tie, but I, he was wearing the Don Johnson suit, mm-hmm. like in a Miami vice suit at, a, at his bar mitzvah. I mean, it was that popular of a show. He had a, he had a white Ferrari, I think. And then they had the cigarette boat. Maybe that was tubs. Do you remember vehicle. the, do you remember the women that they partied with? I always loved even the drug kingpins. You just look at those parties that those guys would go to, and they'd have to like infiltrate the party and come in there and act all tough. Lots of neon bikinis and big fake tits. Oh, my God. I think that's a, right when big fake tits came out. It would have been a great time to live in Miami back then. Yeah, if you weren't getting shot at by the <laughs> well, no, God, as a white God person. mother of death. <laughs> yeah, as a white person, I'd be just high. Sure, we'd be fine, yeah. Um... So yeah, the Cocaine Cowboys was a 2006 documentary and explored the rise of drugs in Miami during the 70s and 80s and inspired both the film, uh, both films, Scarface and Miami Vice. Um, Miami Vice wasn't really a film, but it inspired it became, the film. Became, they did remake it as a film. Did they? Oh, they did make it into a movie later. But yeah, Didn't see it. Scarface was based on that. Uh, people, uh, the detectives, detectives believe she was behind at least 40 murders. Maybe maybe even as many as 240, but they could only link her to three. Um, originally, they, they had fully expected her to end up on Florida's death row, but she was able to cut a plea deal after the prosecution's case suffered a major setback when a chief witness was caught engaging in phone sex with sec- secretaries from the attorney's office. That's great. Only in the 80s. Phone <laughs> That's sex. right when phone sex came out. They still have phone sex, but pe- people have phone sex with their relationship partners. But I, like back then, was when you'd have like the dial, you dial up the one nine hundred number that costs like five dollars <laughs> a minute, and some woman would sort of talk sexy to you while you beat off. Well, that, that's really a phone sex concept. line, like one eight hundred, you know, hairy pussy or something. But, this, but I'm sure. Th- but I'm sure the existence of those business, those businesses, phone sex lines also sort of got a lot of just people having phone sex, you know, not unprofessionally. Yeah, like, I think that's what happened here. I think he was, like, calling up these uh, secretaries at, at the attorney's office and was just saying stuff like, you know, about his dick to them or something. Like I don't the think equivalent of sexting. The, I don't think my parents in the early 70s were having phone sex with each other. God, I hope not. I don't know. Yeah, when did people, like, when did phone sex... 
I always thought that it was funny the the concept of the the conference line, like the you know where you just chat with a bunch of other the, dudes. The party line. The party, party line. Did <laughs> they, they were doing that in the nineties, weren't they? Yeah. I mean, I wonder. I think they actually still do that. If you go to like the Midwest, you'll see those infomercials or those commercials really? at late night. Come on. Uh, you know, I bet you, I bet they still <laughs> do. Hasn't it been replaced by the chat room? Possibly, but I bet they still do. I bet you that they still have those commercials in Detroit that just have a couple girls being like, "Hey, what are you doing? You want to party with us? Give me." I think I saw. I think I saw them when I was in one nine hundred. I think I saw them when I was in Amsterdam. But I I, think those are real. I mean, those are real prostitutes. If you talk to them long enough, they'll just be like, "Well, look, I'll just come over if you pay me five hundred bucks." But did you always picture, like, you know, you, you're thinking, oh, this girl is just beautiful, and she's, like, horny and whatever. And meanwhile, it's just some chick in a trailer park. She weighs, like, 450 pounds. She's got her she has know, a sexy voice, mewling though. infants, but she's got a really sexy, sultry, deep voice. The, I yeah. mean, the party line's even more pathetic than the, the sex. At least the sex line, you're sort of monopolizing her time. But the party line would just be a bunch of dudes, like, five dudes talking <laughs> hey, to her up? once. what's up? How's it going? And... The, the like premise was that like oh it's like five guys and just five girls all from the area and hey we might just like join up later but it really was just one girl who was being paid and then five dudes would be talking to her all at once trying to like get her attention did you ever see the simpsons do that parody of that where like everybody just called but there's no girl it was just like apu and homer and the mayor and the comic <laughs> book I guy it. yeah <laughs> and the, the, the captain the dude <laughs> <laughs> I got a boner. So yeah, so she didn't end up on uh, death row, and she was deported eventually. You know what's interesting? Uh, the 2006 documentary Cocaine Cowboys reveals that much of the economic growth in Miami came from the drug trade, as the cash that flowed into these businesses went on to uh, indirectly finance construction of many of the high-rise buildings in Southern Florida. Well, plus just all the. I mean, the service industry, you know, it's not like all these cocaine kingpins were like hoarding their money and eating ramen noodles. They're going out to clubs and building clubs and, you know, their businesses funded new clubs opening up and all the wait staff and service staff and like hotels and everything. Yeah, no, I mean, and people always say drugs are bad, but it's like, look, they they fueled the economy of Miami. I don't think Miami would be what it is today without cocaine. No, I definitely wouldn't, but there were a lot of murders also. I would like to know if there are any if there are any other female like leaders of a drug operation of this scale. Cuz I've never heard of anything like that or just even like a, you know, crime syndicate. You never hear about a woman who's just running it. So it'd be it'd be I'm going to have to look at, I'm going to have to look that up. I There's got to be. And I can't think of it. There's I mean, who is that woman? <laughs> this is also from the 80s. Um she was like the hotel heiress in New York, and she like defrauded a bunch of people. She had those big red lips, and she just looked like a creature. The woman that was in uh, Throw Mama from the Train? No. <laughs> I'm not going to think of her name, so fuck it. She was she, in Goonies. She ended up leaving all of her money to a dog. So she wasn't like in the sort of like vice crime area, but she was like a, like a kingpin of white-collar crime. Man, that doesn't really count. She got all that money from her husband. I want to. I want a ruthless woman no, no, who she, came up from nothing. No, no, she was like the ruthless leader of this, like, like you know, business empire that just like fucked with all of her clients and stuff. God, I can't believe it. Throughout the show, it will come to me, and I will say it at the end <laughs> when when no one even gets a reference anymore. 
There are people. There you go. That's a cliffhanger, a sick and wrong cliffhanger. You're going to be waiting with bated breath, and all of a sudden, like 45 minutes from now, Wackerly's just going to be like, you know, uh, whatever. Hillary Clinton. And then you're going to be like, what <laughs> are you using? <laughs> Welcome to my brain. My brain is a cliffhanger all the time. But I think it's a good idea that they make a movie out of uh, Griselda Blanco's life. They can call it like, um, I don't know, The White Godmother or something, or uh, Booger Sugar Bitch. <laughs> I kind of <laughs> like that. <laughs> Who do you think they should get to play her? Betty White? Ooh, no, because Betty White's not Latin enough. Are you saying like something is based on her? Are you saying an actual story I guess you'd have, to have a, you'd have to have a young actress and then a middle-aged actress and then an old actress. J-Lo needs to be in it. J-Lo would need She's to be in it for... Tall. Okay, all right. Well, then, God, I would almost say the woman that was in Poltergeist, the medium. But that would be for later on in life. She's also dead. She's probably dead. What about, uh, (laughs) who's the chick who plays Ugly Betty? Oh, she'd be good. She'd be good for... uh, America Ferrara. She'd be be good for earlier on. Griselda. What about Salma Hayek? She actually is playing a drug, female drug kingpin, a weed kingpin in that new Oliver Stone. Savages, yeah, you're right. I wonder if that's loosely based on uh, the cocaine, Godmother of Cocaine. I don't know. We'll uh, Oliver Stone is insane. Who knows where he gets his fucking dumb ideas from. Well, people, this is episode 346 here, Sick and Wrong. Uh, last week, we didn't do stories, but uh, we did do stories the week before. Episode 344, we did two. Uh, one story about a toddler fight club, and uh, one story about a nutty intervention. Uh, that actually won by a single vote, so uh, congratulations our listener number two. You won episode 344. And actually, you won the last episode we're ever going to vote on here on Sick and Wrong. We're doing away with it. Times are changing. I we are going to vote this episode. Nope. And this would done. be the last. We're done. Oh, we're done. We're okay. done with the voting, Wackerly. That's so- voting's kind of dumb. Yeah, I don't think it was dumb. I think a lot of people still do it. I think, they, I think they're into it. But you know what? Times are changing. We're staying hip and relevant here in Sick and Wrong. <laughs> Actually, I'm, just too, I'm too lazy to put up a fucking poll. You know, you can make a, your own Tumblr page or something with a Sick and Wrong poll if you really want to. Maybe go to the Yeah, forum. if anybody's like concerned enough to actually email us and complain that they we're not voting on the stories anymore, uh, use that time that you would take to write the email and just make a Tumblr page. But the, th- the fact of the matter is, though, we're still going to be doing stories. So what you can do is just send your stories to sickwrongpodcast.com. You can submit them via Twitter or Facebook. And if we do end up reading your story and we attribute it to you, you get a Sick and Wrong Care package. So it's like a win-win situation. Everybody wins here. you got to claim well, it. Two, pe- two people win. <laughs> okay, two, two people, people win. So, uh, so keep sending us your stories. We'll present them here on the show. And if we use your story, we'll give you a Sigmaron care package. Uh, before we get to our stories here for this week, um, here's a word from our sponsor, audible.com. Audible.com is the Internet's leading provider of spoken audio entertainment. With over 75,000 titles to choose from, Audible has it covered. Get a free audiobook download when you sign up for a free trial. Go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash diddle and get your free audiobook today. And before you start your story, D, the woman's name was Leona Helmsley. Oh, Leona Helmsley. Got wackily, that wasn't 45 minutes into the show. That was like, what was it, like six or seven minutes? Not even, I probably uti- three minutes. I utilized my Google phone to figure it out. 
cheating. That is cheating. <laughs> that just <laughs> totally cheating. just like the, the suspense that everybody was feeling is now gone. Well, you gotta have, you gotta, it's not cheating because like what the hell do you search on, right? 80s Hotel Heiress. That's what I searched on. And I even had to go to like the fifth link to read her name. Well, it worked. It worked. It did work. Leona well, Helmsley. Well, the first story uh, here for episode uh, 346, I found myself. Well, aren't you special? I wanted to know she loved me to death. Oddball fakes his own fatal car crash before springing back to life and proposing to his true love. Romantic? I think not. In fact, this, this story enrages me. It really, really pisses me off. And I'll get, I'll get to the, at the end of the story, once I get through it all, I think you'll, you'll, you'll empathize with me. And you'll understand why I'm so wound up. But it really does wind me up. This whole idea of this, this creative proposal and what he does... Just really winds me up. Let me get through this here. <laughs> well, you, okay, you're you're wound up by the general concept, but let's get to the specifics of the story. Yeah, but the concept and this guy, everything about it. So, um, before most men propose to their woman, they want to know if their girlfriend loves them to death, to the bitter end, till death really do us part. Actually, guys, they don't. They love you till your <laughs> money runs out. But one man is taking it to the extreme. I love how they keep using the word. They keep throwing it around. Oddball, Alexei Bykov. Bykov. He's Alexei a scamp. Bykov. Dude, this guy's an heiress to probably gazillions of dollars. Like, I'm sure his father's like some kind of tycoon, some Russian I read, I read somewhere that Moscow has like a greater concentration, and I don't know how you measure this, but just like like more money in the hands of a small group of people than anywhere else. Yeah, I've heard about that too. I've I've heard that they have clubs there where guys will just roll up and spend eighty thousand dollars, just right. or more, just just for a few hours of hanging out they're, there. They're like oligarchs, or the son, you know, the sons, the sons and of these oligarchs. Of oligarchs. Yeah, and that, and that's I guarantee that's what this guy is because no one no one normal would have been able to do this. However, people come close. So Alexei B- Bikov faked his own demise in a bizarre proposal to find out if his true love, Irina, wanted to be with him for the rest of their lives. Uh, he's a 30-year-old gut man from Omsk, Omsk, Russia. I don't even know how to say that. <laughs> he hired a movie director, a st- stuntman, makeup artist, and even a scriptwriter to stage a bogus car crash so that when his girlfriend, Irina Kolokov, arrived, she would be convinced he was dead. And what an it, asshole. Oh, what a complete and utter prick. And uh, so what, what they ended up doing is uh, we'd arranged to meet at a certain place. And when I arrived there, all I saw were mangled cars everywhere, an ambulance, smoke, and uh, just carnage. Then when I saw Alexi, covered in blood, lying in the road, a paramedic told her that he was dead. She said she just broke down in tears and started sobbing. Talk about <laughs> trauma. It's like, oh, I'll never forget that proposal. Actually, no, you're going to take, you're going to need years of therapy to overcome that proposal. Yeah, it would have served him right if she would have Julietted herself, right? Just killed herself on the spot. That would have been great. Was it Juliet that killed herself because she thought 
Romeo was dead or did Romeo kill himself because he thought Juliet was dead? And why did they kill themselves? I forget why they even faked their death the first time. Because well, of love, true love. They can they can be together. Um, I think I think Romeo killed himself, and then Juliet's... but he didn't kill himself. He faked it. No, he, oh yeah, he took a, he took the poison right, and it didn't kill. But him. It wasn't poison. It was like I put or you in a deep sleep. Or, yeah, and then, but then like Juliet that. thought he was really dead, and then she killed herself. Then he woke up. Then he killed himself. Shakespeare. Classic Shakespearean tragic moment. As told by Sick and Wrong. Or actually, as ruined <laughs> by Sick and Wrong. Yeah, oh yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to bl- spoil it for you. That, that's, that's a good, that, that would be a good segment, maybe for the next uh, solo Wackerly show. Wackerly butchers Shakespeare. And you could just do I'm, like... I'm not allowed to like go, go cliff note it or Wikipedia it. I just have to explain it from raw memory. Raw like, memory. Some, of them, some of, of them I've never even read or seen or heard, but I just sort of have like a general idea of what the concept is. I'm sure you do a great job with The Merchant of Venice. Done that, that one, one I, could, I, could, I could roughly approximate that one. Othello would be hard. <laughs> and Hamlet and Macbeth, I, would, I bet you I would get confused between the two. I think you'd be good at Othello because uh, judging by the, the black voices you did at the beginning of the show, I'm thinking you'd be great at that one. Maybe a modern take on it. But uh, yeah. yeah, some other ones that I would suck at, like Titus Andronicus, I have no idea. Uh, Midsummer Night's Dream, they're elves and shit. Or something. <laughs> I don't know. Save it for a solo show. Okay. So this guy here, the oligarch's heir, heir to the oligarchy, um, Alexi. You know he could afford probably. He let, his you, dad owns like the tractor wheel factory or something. Or whatever it is, probably he probably owns a whole portion of Russia. The, the, bor- the borscht processing plant for the western <laughs> part of Russia. Actually, he's probably Yako Shmirnov's agent. Um, <laughs> His dad but, is, not him. But this guy could, you know, he could, he could afford to uh, pay for years of therapy for the girl. Or if not, just go get a mobster hitman just to dispose of her in a clean way and go find another beautiful wife. There's so many out there. So ever- did, she start, did she start sobbing when she thought he was dead? Well, she said that, uh, you know, she was really upset, and she started sobbing. She broke down. She was crying, but then, uh, then she got the joke. She, got, she saw the joke, and the couple were eventually married. To me, that doesn't prove that she, she's in love with him, though, because she could be sobbing like, oh, my God, we were about to get married, and I would have had all that money from his death and his insurance, and I would have inherited all that shit. But it was like a week before we get married, and like, oh my! And then you start crying because you're like, oh, my life is fucked. He should have done this right after they got married. And if she was like, yeah, he's fucking dead already. I thought I was going to put up with this dirty cock for like 30 years, but it was only like six months. Well, then he could have gotten an annulment. Because it would have been right. a few days after getting married. Yeah, that's a good idea. He should have done this. He should have saved this till after they had said their vows. Like two days after the wedding. Definitely. That would have been a good idea. Uh, Alexi says, I wanted her to realize how empty her life would be without me and how life would have no meaning without me. He goes, and I think it totally worked, but I promise this is the last time. I kind of wish the, the outcome would have been reversed. I think she would have just been like, you're a fucking dick. You suck. I don't even, I don't even right. care. Your hundreds and billions of dollars mean nothing to me. Hundreds and billions. Wow. Hundreds <laughs> of billions. Hundreds of billions. Hundreds of billions of dollars but of you, rubles or never, whatever they but use. she's never going to do that. What, she's going to go back to the farm? No. 
No, she wouldn't. She's just depends you know, how hot. She, I mean, maybe if she's hot enough, she would just move on to his next rich friend that she met through him. Right? Yeah, but there's so many hot ones out there. They're all beautiful. Their teeth might be fucked up. Their pussies might need to be trimmed. But they're all beautiful. The Russians? Know? Yeah, oh my God, there's so many beautiful Russian women out there. I believe that, but I don't think they need their pussies to be trimmed. I bet you they are just. I bet you they are like you know dialed in perfectly. I bet you they got some hairy bushes over there in Eastern Europe. I don't think Russian so. Area. Well, I don't think so. You know, we're not we're not talking about France or like, <laughs> the, you know, some other Uzbekistan or something. Stan. I mean, these are these girls. Their whole their prospect for a life of luxury and and to you know make billions of dollars themselves is to like doll themselves up to the extreme limit and catch one of these rich dudes. I don't think there's you think, that much. You think they're bush sporting a big in, hairy bush? I don't think they they trim their bushes in Bulgaria or in you know the southernmost parts of the Ukraine. I guarantee those. Yeah, but women we're not are, we're not talking about that. We're talking, you're talking about, about Moscow. We're talking about okay, Moscow. Moscow supermodels. Okay, yeah, yeah, they probably have like two pubic hairs, just two. Like the Maria, they look ones. like Maria Sharapova, right? <laughs> or uh, Olga Kurlyanko. is there an, is that her name? The one that was in James Bond. I forget. She probably has like two pubic hairs. Beautiful, beautiful pubic hairs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're specifically select, like the best pubic hairs. They they shore all the, shorn all the other ones and left these two just for like accent. But they glisten and shine, glow in the yeah, dark. Yeah, they're perfectly the curled down. and symmetrical on either side of her labia. Blonde, but even obviously. but there's but the but the, but those girls, yeah, they're bred to marry these oligarchs that are probably just fat, arrogant, rich. You know, the the son of the of the rich. And they're just, uh, yeah, and this is what they do. And it, you know what the thing is? It, it doesn't piss me off that this woman mar- ended up marrying this guy and got the joke because she had to. Because obviously she's doing it for money. What pisses me off is the spectacle that's been created in, modern, in, in recent years. In recent years, in modern times, since the advent of the intertubes. These people that create these creative ways to propose to their girlfriend with a fucking flash mob or at a sporting event on the Jumbotron. The sporting event thing's been going on since before the internet. I mean, that's been going on forever, where you go to a game and you're looking up and it'll be like, all right, you wrote a happy birthday thing to your kid because you're at the game with your kid. You wrote, like, happy 80th birthday grandma because you took your old great grandma to, like, the baseball game or the football game. Fine, I wouldn't do that, but whatever. You took your corporate customer there like, hey, thanks for the deal, Bob Schmendrickson, on our new aluminum siding contract or whatever. But then you also always see the like, hey, April, this is John. Will you marry me? Will you make my, me the happiest man in the world? That's been going on forever. I, I hate it. I, th- I feel like there's a spate of it now, though, just because you can it's put it on worse, YouTube. It's gotten worse, for sure. You can put yes, it on YouTube. Yeah. And it's supposed yeah, to be YouTube. romantic for everybody to see that. I love it when the girl just runs away. Starts or crying. just says flat out no. You ever see the sporting event footage where the girl's like, uh, no. No. Yeah, and then she, run, she runs out embarrassed and the guy's just left there with a ring, like the biggest dick on the, in the planet. And then you the hear universe. all the basketball players going like, oh. Oh, shit, oh, dog. Oh, shit. <laughs> the Serbian ones that. are like, oh, dog, that would never happen in my country because <laughs> my I country. gave her father three oxen. In my country, I would have thrown shoe and knock her down but, and then put but her in dumpster. I think worse, though, than the sporting event proposals, those goddamn flash mobs where they dance to, like, a Michael Jackson thriller song. And some guys coordinated this with all these people, and he has, like, 80 people out there, and he brings his girlfriend 
you know, it's Saturday afternoon. Let's go have some coffee over at the Starbucks. And she's sitting there drinking her coffee. Next thing you know, someone comes out with a boombox. And then everybody starts dancing. And there's like 80 people dancing. And then he proposes to her. And it's on YouTube. And everyone's like, oh, my God, it melted my heart. Hate that. If that was, you know, you know, else I think hates it. The women. The fuck you! It's so embarrassing. She doesn't want women, that. Women want a romantic, you know, extremely expensive dinner, sitting in the best table in the restaurant in a quiet private area. That's what you know. And you just bought her some lavish, like super double, triple chocolate thing, and she drank like half a bottle of champagne, or maybe the whole bottle of champagne. And she's just feeling so romantic, and it's quiet, and like you know, you've got your little suit on, and you get out on your knee. That's what they want. You don't want a fucking flash mob. Then you pay eighty bucks, go fuck on a waterbed at the Holiday Inn. That's that's the way it works. That's romance. Six pack of Bud Light. That's romance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, what what a woman wants. I agree with you, Ackley. What it is, a woman wants a fucking. You know, week long vacation to Hawaii. You get fucking buy, spend a lot of money oh, the, on massages. The vac- yeah, the expensive, the expensive romantic vacation proposal. That's yeah, and then the next thing you're sitting on the beach, you get some Dom Perignon or something, and then you pull out your, you get down on one knee and you give her the ring. That's what they want. They don't want to be at a fucking Raiders game, jumbotron. <laughs> no, even the, that that has got to be the worst. I mean, even ah, even girls who some girls God. like football. They're like, I like watching football. It's fun. I used to watch it with my dad. Whatever. They don't want to associate their fucking wedding and wedding proposal with it. A with fucking the- football game with like a some dude fucking drooling hot dog and like spilling beer on their shoes next to them. The entire Raider Nation singing Never Gonna Give You Up. They don't she doesn't think, want to remember that. I think the only thing worse than that <laughs> The only thing worse than that is some the dudes who do the even more bro proposal. Where they're like, dude, I'm going to take my girl skydiving, oh, and then we're going to, like, in the middle of the dive, I'm going to, like, pull the fucking ring out, and I'm going to give it to her. And, like, I'm going to yell, like, will you marry me? She probably won't be able to hear because we're fucking falling at, like, 8,000 miles per hour towards the earth. But it's going to be so epic, bro! Extreme proposal. God, the, just, the whole thing the, just makes me mad, you know? Do, if, that, do that if you're, if you're marrying your gay bro lover. <laughs> Not if you're marrying a woman who's probably going to be shitting her pants because you made her go skydiving, and now you're trying to, like, fucking put a ring on her finger when she has a pant load of diarrhea. Put it this way. If you want to ruin your life, just do it romantically. This other bullshit. I don't know. Still piss me off. Just do it. Do it for the. Do it. Do it for the girl. How you think she would like it, not how you think it would be cool and like you could put on your Facebook page. How how fucking you know? See how many hits you get on YouTube. Crazy you are. Yeah. Ugh. That's terrible. Terrible. Save save the getting hits on YouTube for when you have kids and you just embarrass the shit out of them and put that shit on YouTube. Everybody likes that. Yeah, you get, everybody loves that. You see that new Jimmy Kimmel video where the I love he, the Jimmy Kimmel shit. He made the he made the kids wear like these horrible back to back to school clothing. Do you see that? Yeah, he's done a ton of those. He's, he's done like, a lot like of par- those. Or parents give give their kids the shittiest Christmas present they can think of. <laughs> that that one was really good. That too. that was good. Yeah, that's, that's what you should get your hits for, not your fucking proposal. Private. No, just in general, if you're a dude and you're going to get married, not that I recommend it, like everything about the wedding from the proposal to the honeymoon, just, just, it's all about her. Do whatever's going to make her the happiest. It's not nothing. No part of it is about you at all. And when she passes out. The bachelor out, party, that's what you get and she's not there. And when she passes out, just take her shirt off, write sick and wrong on her right titty, take a picture and then send it in to sickandwrongpodcast at hotmail.com. 
<laughs> Speaking of which, Wackerly, what do you have for the second story here for episode 346? have a romantic story it's from uh i did not find it daniel from australia and he wrote a bunch of shit in parentheses that i don't understand but i'll just read it daniel from australia parentheses morwell bogan feral old morwell close parentheses i don't know what that stuff means i think a bogan, one of those things is his job what is a bogan a bogan's like white trash i think oh. isn't it kind of like a netty oh so his career pikey. is being a bogan I don't know why he says Morwell and Farrell, old Morwell. Maybe we'll find out later, like at, in a different show when somebody explains it to me. He says, been a ma- I'm not going to do the Australian accent, but he's been a massive fan of the cast for years. Never miss a show. He's never had a story on, which is good. We like first-time story submitters or accepted story submitters. I'd love it if you chaps would do my story I have here, which is a great story. And it's about a woman in Turkey. <laughs> I already like the sound of it. The country of Turkey. You've been to Turkey. I've been to Istanbul. You're quite the world world traveler. She's five months pregnant, and she's demanding authorities let her have an abortion, even though she is way beyond the 10-week limit allowed for terminations in Turkey. They they only give you 10 weeks from when you get impregnated to when you can have the thing aborted. Since when did the Republicans start ruling Turkey? That's a good question. <laughs> Todd Aiken, is he like the Turkish premier now? Well, I'm sure Turkey has their version of the conservative party who are clearly in power, right? We should They're trade make some. It more religious. <laughs> I don't think so. I think their conservatives are way worse than our conservatives. Well, we'll see. Um, so she wants to have this abortion, right? And uh, she's way beyond the 10-week limit. She's actually, what did I say? Five months in. That's like 20, 20 weeks. <laughs> yeah, right? that's, that's way too long. It's like double and the she's, time. She's only double the time. Uh, women's groups in Turkey have praised her as a, a heroine. I think in America we've just gender neutralized that, and if, if you're a female, you're still called a hero. Like like female actors are not actresses, they're actors. Well, I think uh, uh, the drug ruined that term. Yes. Yeah. So she's not made of heroin. She is a heroine. Heroine. Uh, she's age 26. She already has two kids. She's not anti child. She has well, two kids. No wonder kids. she doesn't want another one. Three? She got raped. Oh. It's a rape baby. So this is, it's very related to Todd Aiken and his claims. Yeah, no, it sounds like Republicans are uh, would be happy to live in Turkey because they're like, oh, we don't allow rape babies to be aborted here either. Basically, according to Todd Aiken, the vagina of a woman can – it morphs between two things. If a woman's having sex with a man that she's in love with, she's having consensual sex, the vagina is like a hungry, hungry hippo. It's just grabbing up the sperms and just hungry hippoing them down, right? But if a woman's being raped, like having non-consensual sex mm-hmm. with a man that she doesn't like, then her vagina is like one of those fake cans of peanut brittle that the snake flies out of, and the vagina and baby just fly out. And it just expels. It's, it's the vagina's own defense mechanism. That's what it has in there. To keep with the toy theme, 
The vagina is like a transformer. <laughs> it transforms between those two children's toys. I think the vagina has tiny transformers inside of it that destroys a sperm. Of a I rapist. wonder if when I'm having sex, if I just, you know, even if it's consensual sex, at the last minute, if I could say something really mean <laughs> to the girl and, like, save on birth control because at the last minute she would be mad and then her vagina would turn on me. And wouldn't process my sperms. I'm surprised Todd Aiken doesn't doesn't ascribe to the whole vagina dentata myth, where it's like he thinks like if you're a rapist or whatever, the vagina's defensive mechanism is just a bunch of teeth just comes out like a great white shark, chomps all the sperm, impales them. Well, that's scary to me. That makes me not <laughs> want to say mean things to ladies while my penis is up in there. Hey, just wait till you pull out. <laughs> gotcha, bitch. Payload delivered, but you're still a cunt. And you've got facial hair. <laughs> Spit it out, vagina man. Um, well, <laughs> I haven't even got to the good part yet. Um, the woman's even said uh, that she's prepared to die as long as she's allowed to have the abortion. So if they abort the baby and then they decide to execute her, that that's fine. Because why would they want to execute her, huh? Well, she had this rapist, right? Uh, not only did he rape her, but he took nude photos of her, and then he threatened to send them to her parents unless she continued sleeping with him. Because Turkey's one of these Muslim countries where even the if you're raped, yeah. even if you're raped, like somebody forcibly rapes you as a woman, if they then prove to other people that you had sex outside of marriage, you're just sort of trash. Would you, I mean, like would you be stoned to death or probably, ostracized? Yeah. I think she'd definitely be Turkey's, ostracized. I don't know if Turkey's that far in the, uh, no pun intended, Stone Ages, towards the Stone Ages, but I'm sure she would, you know, she would lose all respect of her community and all family credibility, and whatnot. Yeah. So because this guy was blackmailing her, and because he raped her and impregnated her with a with a dreaded rape baby that, according to Todd Aiken, does not exist, um, she she took matters into her own hands. What'd she end up doing? <laughs> She, wait, she went she, basically. She went full Bronson, full female Bronson, Bronsonette. Wow. She took a gun, shot him ten times, several times in his private parts, which is what they call in Turkey his Johnson and Balzac. <laughs> and uh, they also think that she stabbed him several times in the abdomen after he was shot. And I still haven't got to the best part, D. Still not yet to the best part. All right, wait, wait, wait. So she's shot him, shot his balls up a bunch of times. She stabbed and his him. his chest, stabbed him. Then she cut his head off. Not the pri- not his private parts head, uh, like Lorena Bobbitt, but his actual head, like his Conan noggin. the fucking barbarian, and then hurled it into this village square at Yalvak, which is where she lives in Turkey, and I have no fucking idea where that is. But as she hurled it, she shouted out, That is the head of the one who toyed with my honor. But not in a like weird, wackily voice, but in a a super tough chick voice. She probably probably sounds like Lucy Lawless. I'm thinking Grace Jones. Maybe Grace Jones. Maybe Red Sonia. Red Sonia? Who's that? Bridget 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 Nielsen. Bridget Nielsen. Nielsen. That's who this was. So now let's go back to the sentence about um, – so she, she totally fu- fucks this guy up and throws his head into the village square with a sweet-ass one-liner. Badass. Like an 80s adventure movie. And then but, – uh, but remember, she says, I don't care if you execute me, 
but kill this motherfucker's baby because I'm not just murdering him. I'm murdering his fucking ancestors, too. Is she giving birth to Damien or something? Jesus. I mean, it's not like she's going to care for them. Why would they make her fucking give birth to this child? I, I mean, she's, what? She's going to su- abuse the shit out of it. I'm surprised this woman just seems like such a badass. I'm surprised she hasn't just taken her shirt off and just ran into a wall like six times. Yeah, just roller skate with Jack Daniels. That's our standard abortion. Yeah, movie. like, uh, I, I just, I'm, I'm surprised she just hasn't done, I, I could see her just punching herself in the belly to expel the fetus. She's a badass. I guess the, the Muslim conservatives have, also, have outlawed booze there probably, though, too, right? And roller skating is probably also illegal. Yeah, you couldn't have booze. You couldn't have roller skates. Now she's got to re- jam the hookah pipe up your vagina. That would probably do the trick. Right? <laughs> that actually probably hookahs over there. I think that's called the Turkish abortion. Actually, wacko. <laughs> I just invented it. It's very effective. You're They've welcome, been using Turkey. it for thousands of years. What are you talking about? She, yeah, you're right. I just I coined the term. You co- you coined the term actually. I well, didn't do anything. Well, over there it's Did- called a hachnabaha. Right. You should write a travel book. When somebody says hachnabaha, they really mean Turkish abortion, Turkish abortion, which is when you take the hookah pipe and put it in your vagina to kill your unwanted unborn child. Uh, just to cap-, cap the story off, later on she had a couple other good lines that she squ- said later as she was trying to get this abortion. She said. Uh, why does she do it? She said, everyone would have insulted my children. Now no one can. I saved my honor. They will now call my children the kids of the woman who saved her honor. <laughs> I would call them the kids of this insane, crazy, psycho hose beast. Crazy awesome. Yeah, she is pretty awesome, though. God. Could you imagine? I bet you all the kids give them, like, you know, when they're walking in school, everyone just kind of gives them a wide berth because they're just awestruck yeah like you nobody's ever given me a wide berth no (laughs) generally just like bump into me like i'm not even there i usually get the shoulder yeah or sometimes just a point and a laugh women sometimes give me a wide berth (laughs) (laughs) i thought they just run away that's kind of the same thing (laughs) yeah but i mean who would screw like this is pretty much the way to stop bullying if you're worried about your kids being bullied just beat the shit out of just some random dad in the neighborhood. Like, I mean, really beat the shit out of some random dad. Are you recommending head severing or maybe just pull an eye out? I'm not saying, like, that extreme. I'm just saying, like, beat the fucking living shit out of this guy. Like, you know, destroy his, uh, you know, break an arm. Maybe have a um, finger. I like the finger. Like, right, bend, his, finger. bend his thumb all the way back till it's like useless for the rest of his life. But leave his battered body just lying in the middle of like, or you know, like the middle of the mall or something in the mall's yeah. fountain. Some blood's right. like pouring in the fountain, and then you know, like your kids are just gonna walk in school and be like, "That could happen to your dad, your you mom, know? or your mom, <laughs> your uncle, <laughs> the teacher, anybody that you are fond of." My mom will go after. <laughs> Yeah, God, that's an incredible story. That's really good. Who's that's, the bigger bad? Who's the bigger badass, Griselda or this woman? You know, I don't know, but I think they should, the team, they should team up. I was about to say, like, I could see Griselda hiring this woman. What's her name? Red Sonia. Uh, they didn't say. All right, we're just gonna call her Red Sonia. I could see her <laughs> hiring Red Sonia just as her enforcer, like her bodyguard. And meanwhile, maybe like the female Expendables Three. Expendables Three. This time they have vaginas. You know, this script is writing itself. People, send in your stories to Sick and Wrong Podcast at Hotmail.com. We got a few phone calls here at the Sick and Wrong Hotline. 206-666-3846 is that number. 
Uh, we also got an email or two that I want to get to. Uh, before that, here's a word from AdamandEve.com. It's Butt Plug Month on AdamandEve.com. Show that you still care by bringing something new into the bedroom. And by something new, I mean a butt plug. Because if you order right now and use coupon code DIDDLE, you get 50% off your first item, a gift so sensual I can't even tell you about it on this podcast that talks about murder and bukkake, and on top of all of that, free shipping. Support Sick and Wrong by supporting our sponsor, adamandeve.com, and making a purchase with coupon code DIDDLE. That's D-I-D-D-L-E. So we got a number of phone calls here, the Sick and Wrong hotline. Uh, let's get to the first one. This is actually a guy who's calling to educate us about the Bible, because apparently neither one of us know jack shit about the Bible. Your your dad like was a was a rabbi. You you I have an excuse, sort of. I mean you have less than an excuse. Actually, well, let's just wait to hear what he has to say because I okay. still maintain that I'm right. Okay. Whatever that argument was. <laughs> whatever it was. Hey D and Lance. All right, this is uh, Jim from Virginia, uh, first-time caller. All right, just got done listening to episode uh, 343, some week behind. Somebody else might have already called you about this, but i got to put my two cents in. Um, all right, you jack-offs, here's your, here's your quick Bible lesson, uh, the whole Ten Commandments thing. I do love the way he says Bible, your Bible, your Bible he's lesson. From, he's from the Bible Belt, right? Virginia, yeah. Is Virginia part of the Bible Belt? I thought that was like Kansas. I don't, I don't know. know how far the belt goes and what direction it goes in, but I, I just assume a lot. I mean, the Virginia's like sort of the south, right? You know, you know, below, it's we, below the Mason-Dixon line. You're going to get another call here explaining what the Bible Belt's all about. <laughs> it's below the Mason-Dixon line. They okay. like the Bible down there. A religious tongue lashing. Elsewhere. You mean, okay, so you're talking about the area of the country where they don't believe in evolution? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, who am I to say? My hometown had like fifty churches in a in a town the size of forty thousand. People like religion everywhere in America. I know, Only one except for the God. big cities, which is why that's where we live. All right, so uh, he's calling to explain the Bible to us. All right, Moses went up into the mountain and uh, got the Ten Commandments from God, and and uh, the first time around, God actually wrote the. Uh, wrote out the Ten Commandments on tablets. He carved them with his finger or whatever. Uh, God's finger is actually kind of a, a really awesome Sharpie. I don't know if you know this. <laughs> it, just, it, it can write in stone. It's badass. It's like, like the greatest. It's the ultimate Sharpie. Yeah. That's like, that's the, uh, in philosophy, I think that's like Spinoza's argument. No. Uh, one of the arguments is God exists because you can keep thinking of things that are better than other things, right? Just work, bear with me here. All right, all right. So you can, you can think of something you. that's better than something else, right? Of course. And you can keep thinking of things that are, like, better than that next thing and better than that next thing. So ultimately, you get to, like, the last thing, and you're like, well, you something could be better it, than that. Because there's right? got to be something better. And so the last thing you think of is God, is the ultimate thing. And, uh, but, but God, but he, he's God, but he doesn't exist, so there has to be one thing better than that, which would be a God that does exist, so God must exist. Yeah, that's a, um, that's a very rational logic there. <laughs> it has to exist. It has to something exist always because there's got to be something better. Something better something yeah. yeah, I'm and sure so that... the God that doesn't exist, there has to be something better than that, so the God that does exist 
has to exist. It's actually the only argument that I've ever heard that makes any kind of actual logical sense. It doesn't I mean, make rational sense. It doesn't sense, really make rational sense whatsoever. It makes okay, logical but, sense. If you follow the logic but out, if you there's believe, always something better than something but the, else. But, it, but basically, you have to believe that there is something better than something else. There you always. have to believe in an infinite universe is what you have to believe in. If, you, if the universe is infinite and there's an infinite possibility of things, then a god exists that does exist because he's, be, he's better than the god that doesn't exist. I forget. So somebody came up with this argument. I think a long time ago, in like the fifteen hundreds. There's a god that exists better than the god that exists with a sharpie. He's got a can of spray paint. He's really good (laughs) with it. I was just trying to make the case for your ultimate sharpie. (laughs) Like, like there's a really good sharpie, and then there's a better sharpie, and then there's like the greatest sharpie ever, and that's God's ever existed, and that is, and it uh, has to exist because there's always a better sharpie out there. And he used that Sharpie finger to write the tablets. <laughs> um, and so then Moses comes down off the mountain with these two tablets of the Ten Commandments, and he sees all the fucking Israelites out there uh, goofing off and worshiping idols and having orgies and all kinds of shit. Which actually generally sounds, horsing around. Yeah, but that sounds kind of awesome. You can worship some idols. You can have a little orgy. It's like, I'd rather do that than the thou shalt not kill your neighbor bullshit that we're going to have to do for the next eon why Sucks. why can't we call jews israelites anyway i guess people who live in israel are still israelites. they're still israelites yeah we, we, well, they're israeli yeah israelite. but you can still call them Isra- is israelites i mean you kind of shorten it up but see this okay. is what i was saying moses went up there burning bush and all that got the tablets came down saw everybody this worship- is, the burning bush is a different different time right or is this also the burning bush same thing moses went up there burning bush was the sign of god god gave him the tablets he walks down mount sinai sees everybody worshiping idols golden calf having orgies stealing from each other breaks the tablets and god's pissed okay. off well, let's see I what happens. interject anymore uh, stuff they weren't supposed to be doing so moses got pissed off and threw the tablets down and broke them uh so then he had to go back up into the mountain and I didn't know uh, that. Carve out a new set, a new copy of the Ten Commandments, and he had to do that second set himself. God was pissed off at him and wouldn't do it a second time around. Uh, so, anyways, that's the that's that's what's in the Bible. Now, the Fifteen Commandments thing you're thinking of, that's not a Simpsons episode. At least I don't think it is. They, they could have <laughs> copied it, but it uh, that originated from the movie uh, History of the World Part One of that Mel Brooks film where Moses, I think Mel Brooks is playing Moses. He comes out off the mountain. He's got three tablets with, uh, with, the, t- with, the, with the 15 commandments carved out on him, and he's calling out to the Israelites, oh, you know, God has given us these 15, and then he accidentally slips and drops one of the tablets, and it falls and breaks, and he's like, oh, uh, these, these 10 commandments. So anyway, <laughs> that's, where, that's the story you're thinking of. This is a so, great Mel Brooks. I'm sure you've seen the film, but if you haven't, you've got to go get it because it's a great fucking movie. And uh, even if you've seen it, it's worth another uh, another viewing because it's it's hysterical. So anyway, you know, there you go. There's Bible talk with sick and wrong. So hope you enjoy that. Um, you godless fucking heathens. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, keep it sick and wrong. Talk to you later. Bye. I like that God talk on sick and wrong. <laughs> It is fun. You know, I gotta it watch pissed, that movie again. The, the atheists get so rabid about it, right? Like, oh, could you even entertain that conversation? Oh, you know, you you just riled up Sleazy E. He's gonna hunt a bunch you down. Of our, a bunch of our listeners are mad. <laughs> no, I, I gotta see that movie about. again. When's the last time you saw that? 
a while a while back i i, I wouldn't i would just go i wouldn't mind just go running through the whole mel brooks oeuvre again i would definitely start with space balls maybe yeah blazing saddles Spaceballs is good. I, I actually think I like History of the World Part One the best. Yeah, I got I gotta see that again. But that but there you go. I wasn't way off base. Young Frankenstein is very good also. I wasn't on base, but I wasn't way <laughs> off base. I was pretty close. I knew there was some I think that I think the burning bush part is a different story than the tablet one. You know, Wackley, when's the last what about time you mur- saw what about murdering his kid? Was that him or is that somebody else? No, that was Abraham and Isaac. When's the last time you saw the uh three amigos? Hmm. There's a burning bush a in that ago. one too. The singing bush. Mm-hmm. It's not burning. Same, same, same difference. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right, we got a, we got another call here. Um, Calling from the UK. I've got a rather embarrassing story for you, very sick and wrong bastards. Now, a few weeks ago, I took my two daughters to a local pizza hut. I'm not sure if you've got those in the states, but funny enough, it's a chain of pizza. <laughs> Yeah, I've never heard of a Pizza Hut before. Where, where do you think Pizza Hut came from? It's like so clearly a product of the United States. Oh, Pizza Hut. You know, I can see, have you, you've been to that place, uh, what was that place we had, Cottage Inn Pizza? Remember that? Yeah. Well, in Ann Arbor, yeah. Yeah, but but that sounds like something that could be from Limey Land. Like, it'd be Cottage Pizza, Pizza Cottage. Like, I could see that. Like, I could see you that. Know, as you know being, what cottaging is? In in the UK, what, what do they call cottaging? <laughs> cottaging is um, the equivalent of gay sex at rest stops. I, I could totally okay. That makes perfect sense. I could totally see a pizza cottage in the UK. <laughs> no, no, it's not. <laughs> but cottaging is like hooking up for gay random sex in bathrooms. I don't even Co- want to. For ask some you. reason, they're called cottages there, where they're like the public restroom. I don't even want to know how you know this, Wackerly. I know you're there for a little while, but uh. no, our mutual our mutual friend told, he was he was t- emailed me that um, he was angry because it's been extra rainy in the UK this year and it fucked up all the cottaging opportunities because <laughs> there's so much rain all, all summer long. So he hasn't been able to get uh, to go cottaging. Well, or you know, it's been reduced. <laughs> Maybe he's gone a couple times, but so okay. The the Wham song "Wake Me Up Before You Go Go" was then about they were going to go cottaging and George Michael was like, "Well, wake me up before you go cottaging because I don't want to sleep through it. I want to come with you." Exactly. Maybe. I I really have no idea if they were talking about cottaging, but we've gone way off base. He was talking <laughs> about pizza with his daughters for fuck's sake, Jesus man. In Ann Arbor, there's a there's a pizza place called Cottage Inn. <laughs> And if you're a gay man from London, don't go there expecting anything other than pizza. The pizza there's pretty good. It's square. I like the square pizza. But I bet you if you're an Englishman, you probably would avoid that place because you're like, I don't want to go in there and get buggered because it's basically, it should be called Bugger Inn. But Same remember, thing. if you're from England and you're in Ann Arbor, terms for things are different and it's like good pizza. It's not about having random suck-off sessions. Well, I'm sure George Michael or Elton John would have been like, I'm so down with Cottage Inn. And right. then they probably would have still gotten some pizza. I think they have breadsticks that are cock-shaped. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all right, all right. Consolation all right. prize. This guy's got kids, you know, that might be listening. He anyway, was going to pizza. I've been out the previous night on the town looking for flange, but not getting lucky. 
Anyway, I had far too much drink as usual. I was feeling pretty rough the next day. My stomach wasn't too clever. Now, my youngest daughter wanted some ice cream after a meal and went off to the counter to choose her favourites. At this stage, my gut started churning, so I headed off to the loos, but halfway there, I could feel my rings, ring piece twitching, so I stepped up my face without trying to let all the other punters in the restaurant know what was going on. And luckily, when I got to the toilet, the only cubicle there was empty, so I quickly got in, closed the door, pulled my trousers... I do love how they call the uh, stall, the bathroom stall, a cubicle. I like we, how they call their butthole their ring piece. <laughs> the ring piece is great. That that kind of threw me for a loop when I first heard that because I'm like, what are they talking about? There can only be one ring piece. <laughs> <laughs> no, every, it's the opposite. Everybody has one. Everybody has a ring piece. Yeah, I never got that. But the the cubicle is great because if they, you know, imagine if they're in the U.S. and everyone's like, oh yeah, I'm just sitting in my cubicle, they probably get a chuckle out of it because they think you're in the loo, but you're not. Right. It's constant just comedy references when you talk about different terms in the United States versus the United Kingdom. I mean, we could just do an entire series of podcasts on it. Oh, my God. It's like a Monty Python skit that just sucks. (laughs) (laughs) It describes the whole show. Pants down, sat down, and... um... If I'd literally been a second later, I probably would have shit myself because I exploded literally the second my uh, arse became separated from my pants. Now, anyway, a few minutes later, I started wiping up as you do, but no matter how much paper I used, it was always coming back dirty. I'm not sure if you guys check, but basically, I always keep wiping until the paper comes back clean. And I turn around <laughs> after a bit and realize that even though I hadn't actually shipped my trousers, I hadn't actually managed to sit down the seat before I exploded. There was runny shit all over the back of the toilet seat, the cistern, under the seat. Oh, it was everywhere. Absolutely disgusting. And there wasn't a toilet brush in the cubicle. I tried to mop up as best oh, I my could toilet paper. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> This would never happen in the United States. This this English guy, he said he's from England, right? I, they always get offended if you name the wrong province or whatever the fuck no, it is. No, he's definitely an English guy. I mean, I actually he personally... Was going to, he was going to clean up the Pizza Hut bathroom after he'd <laughs> shit all over it? You don't do that. Maybe you do that if you're at a, if you went into a pub that's been there for like 500 years and like you know the like the proprietors like the almost the mayor of that section of town and you don't want to offend the guy because like that's the only place you can drink until 10 p.m. when it closes like a motherfucking idiot. But like it's Pizza Hut. If you, <laughs> you can do anything in there and just leave it, they in, pay those people to clean that up. In fact, what do they expect? Look at the food that you're eating. I mean, I'd say eight eight people out of ten end up having explosive diarrhea in that bathroom. And, th- and well, I, I I actually know that this guy. You know, how we have the people who listen, and then they go back and they li- listen to the whole catalog, or the people who listen to do all of them from the beginning in real time. I know this uh, guy isn't one of those people. No, he definitely is not. But the the thing is, because though, because my shit story <laughs> from the first sick and wrong shit story episode. With your pants. I got the shits from Pizza Hut. You did. You ate Pizza Hut before a final exam, right? So he, yes, he wouldn't have been asking if we have Pizza Hut if he'd listened to that episode. And I totally feel his pain. And I didn't make it to the toilet. (laughs) That's when I had the double log flume out of each leg of my black grunge, like rock faux 
you know, jeans. Too bad they didn't invent D pants back then. You'd have been in fine. a field. I was in a field in the middle of a field, like ha- you know, I was I could see my house, my apartment. It was like 150 feet away, and I just couldn't hold it. And I'd also been drinking the night before. If you pizza, it's fine. You know, I eat a lot of shitty foods. I'm not going to judge people. But if you're really hungover, don't eat pizza. Hut. Definitely not. But but the, you know. You're you're chiding this guy for cleaning up the Pizza Hut bathroom, which I think is... He didn't com- say he cleaned it up, but he was thinking about thinking it. He was looking around it. for a brush and cleaning products. Like, oh, I better yeah, tidy up in English here. Yeah, but English sense of propriety. But the, but the thing is, though, the only time you ever clean the bathroom, the only time I ever would clean the bathroom, is if I'm, like, hooking up with a girl and, I, and I'm sick to my stomach. I got to use her her bathroom, which is in her room. And I go in there and I blow it up. Like immensely, and there's shit like sticking to all parts of the toilet. Then I'm gonna wipe that off because I kind of want to cover my tracks. That's the only I'm, time. I'm not. I would clean up my the bathroom if I befouled your bathroom. Any friends? <laughs> you would obviously not. a woman's. <laughs> if I'm spending the weekend, what am I just gonna be like? I don't know who did that. You must have. Maybe you were really drunk and you didn't know what you're doing. I, a friend's toilet? Sure. I'll probably... I mean, I'm I'm not going to do a good job, but I'll make a half-assed effort. <laughs> I'm saying... Don't wipe your feces off your friend's toilet. I hope you if would. You, <laughs> if you're in a major corporate restaurant that pays people to clean up and make the pizzas and mop the floors and do, do all the other disgusting things, spray down the dumpster with the rancid cheese that's been out there in the sun, just let them do that. <laughs> Exactly. You know, you know, you know what a really courteous thing would be would be to eat. And I wouldn't even do this to be honest. But the the most courteous thing you can do is after you befoul the bathroom, like go up to the counter and say, uh, "Oh, excuse me. I mean, I, this is kind of embarrassing, but uh, it wasn't me. But I was in the bathroom and I noticed that somebody else has like really made a mess in there. You might want to clean it up because you know your customers might be put off by it." Dude, they would never do that. It's funny to me that this guy would. This guy must be from an area of England where they still have that like sense of propriety and courteous honor, you know, courteousness, chivalry, and, or chivalry or courtesy. But because I think most places in England, not only would a guy befoul the bathroom, he would probably write in his own feces, "Fuck off," you know, "poofter," "fuck off," wankers. <laughs> okay, what about? Here's a thought experiment. You're in a you're in a Taco Bell. Talk about places where you don't give a fuck what you do yeah, to the bathroom. Exactly. But you're in a Taco Bell. Actually, this story this is a bad thought experiment. <laughs> but let's say let's say you're in a Taco Bell. You go into the men's room. As you go into the men's room, you see a sign on the women's room that says, "Sorry for the inconvenience, but the women's room is out of service. Please, both sexes, use the men's room." And there's a lock on the door and lock it when you're done. And you take a just nasty ass shit. But then as you're going out, you're washing your hands, you notice, you open the door, and she doesn't notice you, but there's a really hot chick about to come in. Then do you clean it up? You don't know her. It's you're not saying your girlfriend you befouled the bathroom. You just befouled the bathroom, and a hot chick's about to come in, follow you in. Then, But it's still a public toilet at a corporate restaurant that you don't give a fuck about. But do you clean it up for the sake of not letting the hot woman think that you made this foul, foul, just disgusting mess of your Is she with her child? <laughs> I don't know. Does it matter? No. Is her boyfriend standing next to her? Because then I'd be like, have fun in there. <laughs> no, no. you No. She looks like, like a vestal virgin. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, I think maybe then. Because, you know, I probably would end up like uh, at least lighting a match or something. Okay. What would you do? I don't know. 
I would probably just leave and then like <laughs> run out of the restaurant before she had a chance to like come out and see what I and face me down with the knowledge of what I did. You would wrap your face in a bunch of paper towel, leave like the mummy, <laughs> and then just get out and just discard it all, jump in your car, drive away. Anonymous. Not the mummy, the elephant man. <laughs> I am not an animal, even though I did an animal thing in there. <laughs> well, let's see what uh, the Englishman did here. Sure, your daughters treasure these stories from old old pop papa papa. Tell me another story. Spin me another yawn. <laughs> another shitting at I, the pizza store. I read, I read in story. a William Gibson book that they don't um, they don't do pizza delivery in England. Really? They they don't at all. No Boom. way. No way. They have it's in to. A, it's in a fiction science fiction book. Yeah, from I mean, 1982. No, it's, <laughs> it's one of his newer books. But he claimed that they didn't do pizza delivery in in London. Is it because they drive a horse and buggy? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but I mean, because that's that's the answer, right? Like, you don't have to go back there. Just get a delivery and make your daughter go to the door and pay when the guy comes. If something, you gives, you, pizza. If something gives you explosive diarrhea, why do you want to go back there? Oh, come on. I don't it's know. Good. I, I wouldn't do you, it. You, you, as somebody who eats Taco Bell regularly, you're gonna make you're gonna make that claim. Oh, it must not be good for you. It makes you shit. Taco Bell doesn't give me diarrhea. The other stuff Ever? does. The other stuff does. Like a fish sandwich from McDonald's that gives me diarrhea. I'm not gonna eat right. that again. It's you're like never you, gonna, you never eat anything that gives you an upset stomach and gives you the shits, even if it tastes incredible. Sushi. What are you a woman? <laughs> Sushi, I would. But no, I mean, Pizza Hut, well, I guess I don't like Pizza Hut that much. I think their pizza sucks, so I probably wouldn't eat it anyways. But, I, I mean, I wonder how many other alternatives they have. Like, uh, like do they have, like, uh, a lot of New York-style pizzeria? Like, here here in, uh, you know, in Los Angeles, whatever, in America, you get Chicago-style pizza. You got New York-style pizza. You got the fancy California-style pizzas. It's like we have which all these sucks. options. Yeah, which sucks. But we have all these options. Whereas in England, they probably are like, well, Pizza Hut's all we got, so we got to do it. You know what I mean? I, I'm not sure. but uh, <laughs> I, don't know. I didn't have a lot of great food when I was in London. The uh, Turkish food was good. Yeah, but that'll make you but cut I, But I, I'm, stu- I'm, still, I'm stuck <laughs> on this point of that <laughs> you don't eat stuff if it might make you feel bad or if you ever have a bad experience later like aren't you ever just like fuck it, it tastes grudge. awesome i'm gonna eat it and deal with the consequences i i mean that's how my that's my sister's attitude towards taco bell it always gives her diarrhea but she doesn't care because she loves it that much me i'm on the <laughs> Your other sister's like a man yeah but i just feel like if it's if it's burned me once i'm not down with reliving that experience but what if it tastes incredible all right, well, then I would. I mean, if I really liked the food. I mean, if Taco but you, Bell but made now, me But sick, now you're speaking in hypotheticals. I'm asking, like, for concrete. You don't have a concrete example. I, I can't give like, you one because I, I just, in my mind, I hold a grudge. I'm like, that food gave me explosive diarrhea. I do not want to experience it again, so I'm not fucking with it. I think your sister has a penis and you have a vagina. I don't think, I don't think it has anything to do with genitalia or masculinity it really does, at all. Though. I think it has to do with intelligence, survival of the fittest. 
This is what the caveman figured out when they were eating berries off of trees. They're like, that made Rock Thor die. So I'm not going to eat that. Th- that's not how it works at Whereas all. Where's your tempting <laughs> fate? What would, no, what would happen is, you know, w- world apocalypse, you know, the whole system crashes, and I am able to eat whatever and just deal with because the bad, you, shitty stuff. Yet your your constitution is so delicate that you have to eat specific food <laughs> that you would shrivel up and die. That's survival. Are you exist. saying you've built up bacteria that can just accommodate foreign, like noxious, hostile foreign substances like Pizza Hut cheese? Exactly, and and I'm and I'm able to just walk around all day with a burning butthole and just walk it off, <laughs> shake it off. Be like I don't give a fuck. I deal with this shit all the time. This is normal. Whereas I'd get colitis and just eventually. Yeah, you'd be die. like, I can't go on. I have a rumbly tummy. <laughs> yeah, well, Wackerly, have fun having hours of diarrhea while I like eat my broccoli. I do. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's that is my life. Not all the time. I'm not talking about all the time, but you know what I'm saying. Let's let's move on. All right. Here's the here's the last call we have here, and I I think this one has nothing to do with diarrhea or pizza. Thank God. Hey D, hi Lance. Uh, so let's talk about my night. I'm 17. I live in Florida. I'm an auto body repair tech and a high school senior. In three days, nice. I just had sex with my first black chick. And can I just say, D, I'm sorry for ever judging you. I feel like everybody should be because it was fucking amazing, okay? I mean, it, I, I have a white girlfriend, and it just doesn't compare. So, yeah, D, you were right. We were wrong. I feel stupid saying it. I feel bad saying it, but you knew what was up all along. So props to you. Well, actually, you're wrong because it was Wackerly who was dating a black girlfriend. <laughs> I mean, I had a I had a long term relationship with a black girl. It's not like I was just like going around tooling the hip hop clubs for like black tail. Yeah, it's not like you hooked up just like a one night stand with Shaniqua. It was like you actually had a long term relationship for a period of years with a black girl. She was but, good in bed. I'm I will say that. But I mean, did, did my you, sam my sample size is one. Yeah, that's <laughs> the thing. I've had sex with one black girl myself. So yeah, I mean, it, it was fine. I mean, I don't. I guess I. I guess I need to have sex with more black girls to be able to actually compare and decide who's better. I'd be down with it, but it's hard. It's I mean, weird. Black, like your your average black girl. You look. You look at black guys and you look at white guys, and we're so uncool. Well, I don't generally. even know if it's. I think it's a cultural disparity. I think. I think we're just into different things. Like if uh, you know, if no, a black girl is into no, the same things as uncool me, we're uncool compared to black dudes. Look at Eminem. Look at Eminem. That guy's cool as hell. He's an exception that proves the rule. In your in your bell curve of black dudes and your bell curve of white dudes, the coolness level of the average of the bell curve is way way below for the white guys. If you're just, just taking not... the bell curve, I would say so. But think about it. I bet you you'd have a great chance with a nerdy black chick. Yeah, but you know, nerdy black chicks are one out of a hundred. I'm saying you know most we're, of the black chicks averages. you see are average, like whatever just normal black chicks and they're gonna go for an average normal black guy that's cooler than your average normal white guy i just think that that odds are all off so are you saying that this guy that just called in is a we grow i don't know he just you know he could have defied the odds he could have could have found the the nerdy black chick or the black girl who's really into auto body repair dudes i'm thinking this guy 
really enjoyed it because it was just different. I don't think there's – I mean, it was different than what he's used to. I'm thinking it's there's probably not really much of a difference between any of them. Chinese, you know, black, whatever, Jewish. Except for the Jewish ones, I guess they're bitching more. <laughs> Gotta buy him shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, unless you're Wilt Chamberlain, nobody has any basis to say Gene anything Simmons. about sex with sex with different. I think Gene Simmons is full of shit myself, but okay. <laughs> I think I think he's had more sex than I have, but uh, that might yeah, just be that me. that I believe, but I, I don't know. I think his numbers are inflated. But unless you're one of those, like yeah, an '80s hair metal rock star, or Wilt Chamberlain, or Magic Johnson, you really have no basis to be comparing. Like races in bed, <laughs> and right? it's probably not a good idea to go up to random black guys and be like, "Dude, black girls are the best to fuck, man. I love your <laughs> yeah. bitches. God, they're they don't, great. They really don't like that. They don't like that. People who's call this- the, who's a researcher guy, Kinsley. Uh, Kinsey. He probably has Kinsey. Kinsey. He probably has a basis to say stuff too, but he just asks people questions. Yeah, but I think he probably uh, participated when he could. Before ne- Liam Neeson was a badass, he played Kinsey. He did in the movie Kinsey before yeah. he, he started taking bitches. And fucking, um, fucking up wolves on a regular day-to-day basis. Before he started cock-blocking. <laughs> Dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> People, call the Cigarong Hotline, 206-666-3846. Um, check out iTunes. Check out the show on iTunes. There's a English iTunes. There's a U.S. iTunes. I don't know if there's an African iTunes. Probably not because a warlord owns it. But uh, just go and subscribe, rate the show, give us a comment. We appreciate it. The more you subscribe and listen via iTunes, uh, the more uh, noticeability that we get here. So yeah, make it visible. Make us popular. Um, stick around Quado t-shirts. We only have a few left right now. But as I've said before and I've said the past couple of weeks, we actually have already ordered the new design. And uh, they shipped out today. Nine six uh, should be here. He said probably around nine eleven. So nine eleven, mm, bad we, omen. We will receive our new tees. But this was done on purpose, Wackerly, because in the front of the shirt it just says "Never Forget." In the back it says "Sick and Wrong." So when you're wearing it, it says "Never Forget, Sick and Wrong." What happened you, to the What happened to the eagle with a tear? I didn't put that out on of its there. eye. I, I took it out. I took it out. What the fuck, man? That was my only contribution. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Maybe the, maybe the next generation, the second round of tees, will add the eagle back in with the tear. I just kind of felt it was, you know, I don't know. It just it was too, too cluttered. It's too cluttered. <laughs> All right. I understand. But people will have a new tee probably next week. So sickerwrongpodcast.com slash store if you must have a tee now. Finally here, Sickerwrong Song of the Week. I'm going to dedicate this one to Sleazy E. Who came down to Los Angeles this past weekend for the FYF Fuck Yeah Festival and went on. I don't know if I can deal with a festival ever again. I kind of said that. I've said that for years since I went to Lollapalooza back in the 90s. I just hate that all day type of shit. I can't deal. I don't know. You, need dr- you really need drugs, right? You need, you need drugs, but it's also just the heat. And, and, you know, and when it comes down to it, I just don't give a fuck about seeing that many bands play. You would if you were on drugs. That's the point. I guess maybe I would. I don't know. I think I would bitch even more if I was on drugs. I'd be like, it's so fucking hot. I need more drugs. He's dosage. He's he's still complaining. (laughs) You would just give me, you'd probably just give me a shitload of like morphine or Demerol and lock me in a porta potty. I don't know. But anyway, I would say the highlight of the FYF festival, and there were a bunch of good bands that played. Uh, Black Mountain played, Refuse played. 
Um, one of the bands that I that I really wanted to see because I'd never seen them before was Quicksand, an American post-hardcore band from New York City, founded in like 1990. They haven't played in like 13 years. Just playing all these reunion shows. Um, so we're gonna they end must the show be here. Old. Yeah, they're old, but they they sounded great. They sounded great. Okay. They played Saturday night. We're gonna end the show here with a song called Phaser by Quicksand. People, we'll be back next week with episode 347. Till then, take it sleazy. Good night, Leona Helmsley.
And I just wanted to say hello. I love the show. Thank you for providing me with countless hours of debauchery and fuckery.